Hey there, Mr. David. How are you? Hey, Celia. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. So we just connected uh, for my lovely listeners. I always start by acknowledging them um, for sticking with me every week and following me along on my journey. Um, so uh, you don't know anything about my past, but I felt um, connected to you whenever I read a little bit about yours and just so my listeners to catch them up on what we've already talked about. So the ladies that I go visit in Mississippi that I've talked about at the Warrior Center that inspired me to um, start my own nonprofit, which is now officially federally uh, recognized as a 501c3 nonprofit, they are part of Warriors Inc. And David, did you found this in like 1999 or what was the year that you founded your nonprofit? Yes, we started the Warrior Center in in '99 and became a nonprofit in 2002. Yeah. yeah. So what I thought was so interesting because some people might be like, "Okay, you know, it's like the the people that don't think out of the box. They might think, you know, I'm being silly, but you started yours because you were like, okay, how about you share your testimony? Because I could ask you questions that are most interesting to me about it. But do you want to give like a brief? Um, I mean, I can tell them what I know, sure. but you yeah. might tell sure, it I can. A lot of people ask me, of course, Warrior Center, it's, it's, uh, we work with men, women, and veterans who mm -hmm. are battling homelessness and addiction and other life controlling problems. A lot of people say, well, how did you get into it? And I have to say, because I came out of it, you know, yeah. so I, uh, I just had a, a really, uh, bad background as, as a kid, grew up in the inner city, uh, in Memphis, uh, didn't have a dad. My mom had mental problems. Um, mm -hmm. I, my first arrest, I was six years old. Um, first time I broke in a house, I was nine. Uh, first time I broke into a business, I was 14. First time I used drugs, I was 11. So it was just a lot of craziness. Yeah. Uh, you know, a crazy upbringing, a lot of, a lot of abuse, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, uh, from a stepfather, a lot of trauma. Yeah. But I uh, ended up, you know, in jail every year of my life from the age of 14 to 28. Uh, after, as an adult, I had 18 different felony charges, over 30 uh, felony arrests. I also dealt with a lot of mental issues. I mean, I, I was, mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of one of those that they felt they couldn't help. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was bipolar. I was manic, had manic depression. Uh, I was ADHD. Uh, I was just a, a broken mess, and a lot of it was trauma induced. Yeah. And so. Um, in and out of jail. And, and, uh, so it, it, in 1997, I was in jail, headed to prison, um, you know, for 15 years. And it was there that I had a, a spiritual awakening, if you will, yep. where, where I would say, uh, I, 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 I found God in a real way, but it came from a, a just a broken, you know, shattered, you know, place. It's either, it's either, you know, basically near suicide in a jail cell. Yeah. And, and I just, a lot of, I mean, I just have to say it, just, just a lot of miracles happen. And, and instead mm -hmm. of 15 years, uh, I got out a year later. And, yeah. but a, a change just happened inside me. I, I received a lot of healing and a lot of hope. And I just felt like after that, I was still broken. And in fact, even after I got out of jail, I still had issues and moments and, 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 uh, you know, crash and burns, you know, cause it's just, sometimes you come out of so much, you're not just going to overnight change, you no. know? but, but I, um, I just, I, I held on to, um, just a purpose. I just felt like, you know, if, 
if I could do something good from mm-hmm. all of that pain, yep. then it would make it worthwhile. It would, it would make it worth it. Like I, I can deal with it yep. if something good came out of it. So that just, I just kind of like a pit pull bull and just it put my teeth into it. And, and, uh, and then in the years after that, I began working with the homeless in the city of Memphis and doing street ministry, you know, uh, and, and it just grew from there. And then in 1999, me and a couple of friends actually, we, you know, uh, took some, a few homeless people in, into my home, not even knowing what I was. Hey there, David. So you were saying that you had, it started with you having a couple of homeless people in your home at first. Yes. So in, in doing the, the, the street ministry, you know, after I mm-hmm. gotten out of jail and a little bit of prison, yeah. um, that was the, the, the ministry that we were doing, me and a couple of friends. And and uh, there, there came a time we were trying to get some people help. There were no beds and other missions. And mm-hmm. I just accidentally took them to my house. <laughs> you know, say, well, well, we have nowhere else to go. And and and, and one of them did, did really well. And, and yeah. it just... Um, opportunities kept coming and, and, uh, you know, that it kind of felt like it was divine providence and, and it, it's the, the ministry started and, uh, you know, began to grow. We bounced around a couple of different facilities and ended up in a former nursing home facility uh, near the university of Memphis. And, um, and, uh, it's still there today. That is now the, the warrior center Memphis campus. And it's a 69 bed facility for men. Yeah. So what point did you realize, okay, I need to turn this into a nonprofit. This is, you know, expensive, like I want to help these people, but like there is a smart way to do it. Like at what point in this ministry did you, I mean, cause that's a big, a lot of people look up to that. Like, you know, that you founded a nonprofit, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that too, I'm sure. But like, what got you to that point? Because like in 97, you were in prison, you went through miraculous healing and then, you know, you're an upstanding citizen, you know, founding a nonprofit. Yes, ma'am. Um, well, with, with with us, well, we started, you know, you know, the ministry and 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 in helping homeless men at that time off the streets. Yeah, that was in '99, and and I would say I never at that moment I was just trying to help somebody, right? Uh, you know, right. seeking seeking redemption from all my horrible past. You know, well, and, yeah. and it really wasn't in my mind, you know, to to start a program. But as it you know began to grow then the vision began to grow. You know, I think sometimes you do something and then some, you do something, it might be a first step you're drawn to, but mm-hmm. just because you take that first step, then it births something else in you. And, and so, yeah, as, as I was doing that and I kind of, I just fell in love with it because mm-hmm. you know, there, it was, it was like, you know, it was the best drug in the world for me, you know, yeah. I mean, getting somebody off the streets or, or, you know, get, getting, you know, helping somebody get, gets off of drugs and, and, and maybe inviting them to church. You know, it was just, it became a passion. And, and as it began to grow, it became then a passion to build, you know, really, we, we set out to build a, a really special program, you know, yeah. and something that would be that if somebody really, really wanted to change their life, they really wanted to get off the streets, they really want to get off the drugs, they really wanted to get out of the trap houses, that we had a program that met all of their needs, you know, met them where they were at, of course, but met all of their needs mm-hmm. and, and loved on them and, and, and gave them hope that no matter how low they are right now, you know, that God's not done with them. And uh, so that, so it became a passion to just build, um, you know, build a powerful program. And of course we got to start a nonprofit. And, and, and I would say that was when the vision was born birth 
to, you know, we, we felt like, uh, I felt like one day we would have, you know, multiple campuses around the country and, and, and that we had a great calling on us. Yeah. You said something about it, you know, being the best drug and it is, it's, it's a high to help people, but also it's like a medic it's, it's medication to our soul too, because it's like when you help others heal, you heal too. And I mean, and you said that in your own words, um, that it did, you know, for you. I mean, so it's like, you're doing it from a selfless place, like out of the love of your heart, but like it ends up being helpful to you too, you know, whenever you take care of people. For sure. I, um, I tell, I tell our, 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 our men and women that are in our programs and their staff that I would not have made it had I not been doing this because mm-hmm. it was, it was this, it, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a reason yep. to fight. It gave me something to feel good about myself. And I was still, you know, it's kind of, you know, I had a, I, I, God did a lot of healing and got me to a point where I, I could make it out of a lot of bad stuff, but the healing was continuous. Like it's still going on. You yeah, know? And it's like, same. I look at it as like, you know, like we're like an onion and God will yep. pull, pull back layers of the onion in different mm-hmm. seasons. And, and, you know, you know, life is hard and we go through a lot and, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and those take time, but there is, you're right. You're right. Healing in the journey of helping others. And I really feel like, like if I wouldn't have got into this, you know, I, I would be in jail, prison or, or dead today. Like, um, and, 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 that's, and it's also, you know, the Warrior Center is a special place. The, 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 the most coolest thing I think about what we do is that we have people who come out of these low, horrible uh, pain and trauma and drugs and homelessness, and they go into the ministry or go into the field of A&D, alcohol and drug out of our program. We have 41 graduates who work for us now, one of our uh, five campuses. And that's what I really love to see because I know so many people, uh, men and women are like me, like, you know, yeah. they need a lot, but they especially need a purpose. You yeah. know? And so we, we have a lot like you met, you know, a, a, um, Angelina, uh-huh. who was the executive director at the women's center in, in the Olive Branch where you, where you were volunteering, you know, another story, you know, she was on heroin. She, she was, you know, strung out for the time she was 18 to like 28 and in mm-hmm. and out, in and out. Uh, now she's, um, you know, got five years sober and she's a, the executive director of a women's facility right. and, and wouldn't want to do anything else, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so we, we see a lot of that and it's just people getting help, but then grabbing hold of, you know, uh, a purpose. Yeah. Well, and also a secret ingredient for me, you and these women, because um, I found an article where you said 75% of the men at Warrior Center, and I'm assuming women too, kick their addiction habits, which is a success rate um, that you said is no less than phenomenal as recovery programs go. And I think our secret ingredient, um, not to, you know, because my listeners know I'm I don't label myself with anything. Um, Jesus was my, my, you know, my person, but like y'all I've been to your centers and there is a sanctuary and Jesus is, you know, the higher power that you lead them to there. Right. It, 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 it's, it's a faith, faith based mm-hmm. program. We think, you know, and, but, but we, we do AA and, mm-hmm. and also in the 12 step program. And, and uh, we have people who, who come in the program who, you know, um, you would say they were atheists and, and, and weren't believers and we accept them. Yeah. You know, I've no seen problem. some of them. We just say, we, 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 we say, you yeah. know, I mean, it's a faith-based program, but, but, you know, you know, 
you know, it's here for you. If exactly. You need it. And, exactly. and so we meet, meet people where they're at and, mm-hmm. and don't try to, you know, force feed anything. I know, I know right. it didn't work for me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> at the same t- time, yes, yeah. we, we have a chapel and, and it's, it's a place of faith, but, you know, yeah. if you look at from, in, you know, from studies done at Baylor university to medical journal journals, you know, they, they say if you're, if you're battling cancer, if you're battling addiction, you know, uh, you know, connecting spiritually, um, to, you know, to that and also being grateful, those things, you know, ha- having faith and having gratitude that yes. everything, if you're battling cancer, addiction, anything, it shoots up. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it, it, it's proven. And, and we, our program, it's also a long-term program long yeah. enough to help lives. So we do have a high success rate. It's actually 75% for men's center and 85% at the women's center. Oh, wow. Now that, that is for men and women that complete the whole thing. So it's a one-year program. Uh-huh. And if they go through all nine steps and they do the year, that's the success rate that, that, that we see. And I would, I do think it's phenomenal. I think it's even special in this way. We deal with some of the worst cases too. Yeah. You know, we, we deal with people who might get, you know, been to 26 treatment centers already and nothing happened. We, we deal with people who, you know, everybody, you know, gave up on them. Yeah. We, we've got a, a man who's a counselor with us and he did 15 years under the same bridge in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, drinking a half a gallon of whiskey every day. And he was definitely one, his name is Robert Weber and, and, and he graduated eight years ago and got eight years sober. And he's, uh, you know, a help, help staff member now at our Memphis center, but we deal with a lot of those hard cases, but those, the, that success rate of those that complete the whole thing, you know, it is real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it got me thinking, um, whenever we were talking about this, how it's like what, what I'm doing. And I talked to you about this on the phone separately, but just to kind of, for my listeners, like, I know I'm, it seems like I'm doing this out of nowhere, but it's like you said, you know, sometimes you just kind of like have a heart to do something and you do it and you just, then it births something else. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm doing here. And it's like, I know it may look silly, but like you said in one of your articles, you were like, when you go from being on the front page from committing burglary, burglary, sorry, burglary to being on the front page for helping the homeless, you said people raise their eyebrows. So did, so you had a lot of people that didn't believe in you. I'm sure whenever you started your nonprofit and you were doing all this, they didn't think, I mean, like, could you imagine, I mean, you, that was your vision for it to do this, but at the time where they're, parts of you that like doubted yourself still. Cause like God's given me visions too, but I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Like, I can't see how it all happens, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely had, had, <laughs> had my doubts and especially you have those big challenging moments and, and, and then you're, you're like, you know, I'm crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I, I must be, but, um, this is part of the illness. You know, I, I, I would say, yeah, you know, to, to your point, you know, I was a convicted felon and, and, you know, a couple of years later, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm helping the homeless. And, and I wasn't, I actually started it in South Haven, Mississippi, which was, you know, a, a suburb of Memphis. And uh, I was actually, you know, kicked out of there. You know, I had a bunch of people in my home and trying mm-hmm. to find a place. And at that time in DeSoto County, they just kind of, they didn't want that there. And they said, you know, go take that up to Memphis. So I had a lot of resistance was, even, yeah. you know, uh, you know, had, had to you know quit doing it out of that home, find another place, and and ended up you know having to to eventually pu- push it up in, into Memphis. But there was, 
you know, tremendous resistance, not only because of me and my background, you know, and, 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 and record, like, you know, what, you know, but also just the resistance against the people that I was trying to help. I know. know? Yeah. And, 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 but you know, and I know it's like, we have a heart for these people because we, we've been those people and it may be hard for right. people that meet you today to like, realize like that you were there in the depths of the, that darkness. Like it was right. But like, you know it. So therefore, like, it's like, that's why it's like your calling. And that's why, you know, it's, I feel like it's my calling to speak to those people because like, they will listen to us, you know, because we truly have, you know, been there. Um, Part of my platform, even in pageantry, it's about, I may go deeper as it goes along because, you know, it's been hard for me to share the depths of the darkness. Like I want to polish it up. So I talk about trauma or that's what I've recently done um, being the root of all self-destructive behaviors. And you would agree with this just from our conversation because you've made reference to it. And a lot, a lot of people have like gone there and like actually look at that. But, you know, when we see these people, rather than us being like, you know, what's wrong with you, we think, you know, well, what happened to you? Because like, we know we've been in their shoes, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And sometimes people, um, they, they do judge and they just look at what you're doing. I have a great story about that. I, I once was, I was nine years old and I, I was taken to a church and I was, I was like probably one of the worst little kids that, that, uh, <laughs> that I've ever met that I know. Yeah. I actually know anybody beat me. I mean, I, I, I was you know, getting in fights, getting kicked out of school. Hey there. So you were saying you were getting kicked out of school and what was happening? Yeah. yeah, And, and uh, I, I mean, I, I started fires on a couple of occasions. I had this arson thing going on. <laughs> you know, I started fights and, 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 and I actually uh, started riding this bus to church and um, it was in, in Memphis and, and at the church, like within a couple of weeks, I hit a, hit a kid in the mouth. Uh, I found some matches. I, I lit the bathroom garbage can up. And of course they didn't know who did it, but they, they, somebody seen me come out of there. Like, did you do that? No, I didn't. So I was a handful, you know, and I actually went, they took, they, they wanted me to come to the church and they actually said I couldn't come there for a while. <laughs> I was nine years old and I had to uh, t- sit down with the pastor and the pastor talked to me and I wouldn't really say a lot. And then he left and he talked to my mom afterwards. And he said, you know, he just said, it's too late for him. Wow. And, uh, you know, that gave me definitely some anti-church and yeah. anti-religious feelings. Yeah. Was like, I'm, you know, I was like, you don't even know me. I'm, I'm, I'm nine years old, but I'm like, yeah. you, you don't even know me, you know, and no. this is the lead pastor. So it taught me um, later on in life just about grace and yeah. people where they're at. Because you might, you may looked at me and, and, and said like, he's, you know, he's a bad kid. He's, he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's stealing, he's, you know, doing drugs later, he's doing all this stuff, but you know, you, you don't know what you know, happened to you, what, what I went through. And, and yeah. one of the, the craziest things people pick up stealing. Well, I, I did that for my mom, my, you know, my mom yeah. had mental issues and she, she would steal a lot. And so when I was with her as a kid, she would be, she was a kleptomaniac. Like she would be shoplifting in stores and, and, and changing tags and just being around that, that spirit got on me until yeah. I'm five and I'm five and six years old and that's what I'm doing. So, yeah. you know, people don't understand, you know, what, um, what people, why people are, are the way they are. And there's always a reason. I think exactly. you know, every person we mm-hmm. ever see from the best to the worst, 
they're, they're, there's good in them because yep. they're made in the image of God. Yep. You know, now they have to make, you know, some choices and, yep. and get on a different track, but there's always hope for anybody, no matter the worst circumstances. Totally. I wanted to share something personal because that's what I do on uh, this podcast. Um, so Sam has been someone that's helped me, um, you know, whenever I have good months with work, you know, do some admin stuff for me. And um, she had mentioned since I've been going to the Warrior Center, she was like, hey, you know, the founder, you know, um, why don't you have him on your podcast? And I looked him up and I saw pastor is one of his titles. And I was like, mm, no, they probably won't, you know, want to. I've had rejection feelings from church, you know, situations like you right. have. So I felt like, okay, how about you try, but like, don't be surprised, you know, if he says no, like, I, it's like you carry, like, like you said, healing is a journey. It's forever. There's the onion layers. Um, but like, there was even still a part of me that was like, I won't be worthy of here. I am, you know, a title holder top, like all these things that like look great in the world's eyes. But like, I was like, I won't, they, he won't want to like sit down on my podcast. Like I won't be He'll like think, even though when I read about your past, like I was, you know, you had, I never saw drugs mentioned. So I think that there's probably for me, um, there's a lot of, uh, just not self hatred. I don't have that anymore, but just a little bit of shame still lingering because of the drugs. And I know what it does to people's appearance. I know what it does right. to people's actions. Right. And I didn't really see that mentioned. You did kind of touch on that here. I guess it was just like, maybe you felt like it was assumed. What I saw was a ton of trauma and the stealing, but you said you just recently that you experimented with drugs at 11, but either way, I thought, you know, this is a pastor. He ministers to others. You, your church, your uh, sanctuaries that you have ministered from, they're non-denominational, correct? Right. It's basically yeah. the chat, the chapels yeah. that are, that yeah. are you're still a minister. Right. I know you, uh, sep- you know, your CEO, whatever, but you know, technically, whenever I go see those women, I'm technically a minister whenever I share right. my spiritual poetry, you know, but right. yeah, you, um, I really appreciate you coming on this podcast because it would have been a little bit of a trigger, but I was prepared for it, <laughs> you know, um, and I did want to ask you one personal question because as a minister, I would want to ask you this, um, you had a, you know, your mom obviously played a lot of roles in the trauma you experienced from the men she would bring into your lives from, you know, any abuse, emotional, whatever that she subjected you to. How do you have, and this is something I'm going through now. I'm going through a season where I haven't spoken to my mom since like October or it was November, I think maybe, but like, it's been a a season of healing for me. Um, Like, I don't feel like it's forever. Maybe. I don't know. I just know that I can't have, it in my life right now did you ever heal that relationship with her like was that ever part of your healing to find a way that you could communicate with her where you don't expect anything like she has no way of triggering you I guess is what I'm asking I would say in in the case with my mom yeah there's definitely was a lot of a lot of pain there Mm -hmm. and and our race our relationship I would say I you know you know I definitely had mama issues yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but I, I would say that, you know, that, that there was healing, you know, you know, to, to a point. Yeah. And we, 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 we talk, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, you know, sometimes people, you know, in your families, you know, there can be healing. That doesn't mean they ch- change, right. you know, it can be just, you know, we agree to not 
to to, to bring up things. Yeah. And, and, and so so I, I, I you know there was I I help my mom every chance again if she needs something if she needs her car fixed if she needs an errand she now my mom lives a couple hours away but I I help her where I can I try to just honor God by helping her. I wouldn't say if I was to be honest with you that we're we're close that yeah. that le- that level of healing you know didn't happen but 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 we talk and share mm-hmm. and I would say and, and why is that I'd say because some of the the things um, the areas my mom has it changed yeah you know mm-hmm. so when people don't change you can I believe you can have some restoration at least be amicable but you 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 may have to keep them right. at a distance. And, yeah. and love, love love them from a distance and and that's that's where you know where 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 we are in that yeah. situation did you ever go through a stretch in your healing journey where you needed to not communicate for her for a while or was that just is this just me <laughs> yeah i would say there 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 definitely was uh-huh. uh, you know there, there you know where where um and, and, you know, my, and, and, you know, my mom had, you know, some other issues and yeah. later even some drug issues and that, you know, there, there was distance. And then, and of course, I mean, I would say I unplugged from family members and old friends for four or five years and they yeah. hardly talked to me. Now it wasn't like, I wouldn't talk to you, but I was distant. They were distant, you know, well, yeah. it, it may be a contact once a year it may, it, with family and, and friends, especially bad negative friends. Yeah. Like the, I, I kind of disappeared, you know, yeah. but I, I, um, with me, you know, I had this ministry I was building and I also had three, three little girls yeah. that I, you know, I, I had, I got back in their life and I was trying to, you know, uh, br- break some c- curses off them and raise them up. Right. right. So I had, I had a lot, you know, on my plate for sure. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this. Um, you know, no mask like conversation with, you know, a spiritual leader and, you know, just somebody that people look up to. And I certainly look up to you for, you know, having uh, started a nonprofit and, you know, I know that your girls were at the Miss Tennessee pageant just, you know, a a month ago, one of my uh, friends were, was competing for it. And the girls at the Warrior Center were ushers. Like, I know that you have connection you have you're not just like you've made connections within the community to you know be it like the Grizzlies games it's like you've been really smart about what you've done I don't have necessarily a vision like that but I look up to it because that's like so far fetched in my mind as something I could do and you know you are further along in this healing journey but I hope that you know um, please send my love to Angelina. She is like the gatekeeper and like, she's not always easy to get in touch with, yes. but Sam always gets through to her. Um, but I tell her, I really appreciate her, you know, asking me to come back and, you know, cause as soon as I left the first time she was like, you know, they, you shared your testimony. And I was like, yeah, she was like, they need you. They need to see you on the other side. Cause I wasn't planning on driving three and a half hours, you know, once a month, I just figured I'd go see them once like all the other places like I go and I share my story I do my lead with love workshop give him a workbook but I was going to like mental health places I was going these places like this was a place that was like no like they actually needed me and that was such a good feeling and I've been completely sober like I'm talking not even alcohol for only like a year and a month so right. yeah I I did other I quit doing hard stuff when I was 20 years old I'm 38 now, but I needed a ton of time to like get my mind right from that. But I was still holding on to alcohol. And ever since I've stopped alcohol and started, um, I did end up 
finally giving in and taking medicine for my major depressive disorder of all things. I was running triathlons. I was doing all these things, getting out of bed and like doing work, um, successful mortgage business. But yet what would always drive me to like over drink and everything was my high anxiety and depression. And once I addressed that and started taking medicine for that, then I was finally like, this is a cycle I've been in. Like ever since I started drinking alcohol, why am I doing this? If it's a depressant, it makes me not want to play with my children. It makes me not want to go to bed. So once I quit that, it's like I've been on the path to where I can truly like talk to people and be there for them because otherwise I would just be a hypocrite. I feel like, you know, um, right. these women are there. They're, some of them can't ever, you know, drink alcohol again. Like because they, you know, like me, I don't think I was an alcoholic, but I think that I, whatever it is that's negative, I will take to the extreme to make it a problem, <laughs> you know. Right. So I just don't partake. But i you know, please send her my love and I'll keep coming back as long as, you know, they'll have me. And it helps me think of, okay, what can I, you know, bring to them next? And, um, it's really been uh, beautiful. They've cried at some of the things like that we've talked about together. And, you know, I just know what I would have needed whenever I was younger and in their shoes. And it would be to see a lot at the end of the tunnel, like, no, this isn't just in your head. Jesus didn't just tell you, you have a future, like, this is what your future can be. And it wasn't a straight line for me to get here. There was a lot of, you know, trauma that I had to undo. And then like a little bit of backsliding here and there, but certain right. things were non-negotiables like, you know, cocaine, meth, those are the devil. Right. Like I knew that I'm never going there again, but you know, it gets a little crazy, but I'm married now and I have children and things that, that I never thought that I was, that was ever possible for me. And, um, you know, I just think we're on all on this journey together to um, help people and make sense of our pain, turn our pain into purpose, our pain into power of influence. And, you know, um, that's something to look forward to for those people that are in that transition period that we were in at one time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We appreciate you, you coming out and as, as you've seen when you step in, into that environment where it, it, you know, the ladies there, you know, in, in that, that mission program, mm-hmm. like they're, they, they, they so broken. They come from such a home hopeless place yeah and, and they're still broken, but being healed, but their hope that hope is there. Again. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. I, I can see, you know, that light in the tunnel. I can, maybe my life can be better. Maybe I can be sober, have a home, have a, have a husband, have a dog, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just, just like, and, 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 you know, and that, that's, what we teach and preach, if you will, yeah. is, is that, you know, that, you know, God's still got a plan for you in the midst mm-hmm. of all that mess. And in fact, you could actually, uh, you know, be, be awesome. You could do yeah. great things that help a lot of people based on how, how, uh, you know, uh, how, how low you've been and, yeah. and where God the, has brought you from. Yep. The crazier it's been, the, the more awesome you can be maybe. Yeah. 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 And I think there's a, there's this thing they say, you know, when they build skyscrapers, you know, they have to, they have to, as as high as it's going to go, you know, in the air, that's, they have to go, you know, that low in the ground to build the foundation. So it's kind of like the lower you can go, you bend, the the higher you can go, the more people, more people, the more people you can, you can reach. So I think that's, that's what about, because, you know, God, you know, gives us, um, you know, our, our gifts and, and gives us our families and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and stuff. But, but, but the greater, sweeter things in life is, is, you know, 
know, what you do for God, what you do for people and the people, you know, that's, that's the stuff that nobody can ever, you know, take away from you, you know, yep. so, you know, and then we see a lot. I mean, I, I've seen many men and women, you know, make, maybe they're in, in our programs for three or four months and they just, what they get a hold of, what really holds them is that what, like God can use me like mm -hmm. as, as pitiful and horrible as i've been like like god can st you know still loves me and god can actually use me and god still has a plan for me despite and you know and, and of course you know on the women's side i mean they women are more vulnerable to, to, than men of course out there and and they they go through a lot i mean yep. you know and and you know you, you know it's we, we go down this track and you know the way i feel about the women i, I look at it like i, I do have more a, a softer heart to them and I have a heart, soft heart to men too right. to the women because most of what they've been through has been done by men yeah been done because their fathers were yeah. there for them or are you know and 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 checked out and uh are because you know they were in bad relationships or our men take advantage of them and you know and of course the the ugly roads that we see and the traumas we see for women you know, in, in, in rescue mission ministry, you know, at the warrior center is, it's pretty, it's bad. I mean, you, you see women who are pimped out and they're in prostitution and, yeah. and, and they can't get out of it. And, and it's, it's a horrible, horrible, uh, you know, situation, let alone the, you know, the uh, physical abuse and, and what drugs do to you. And you can, yep. you know, definitely, uh, you know, those are definitely some, some dark places, but we see, women coming out of that actually you know going into the you know the field of a and d and mission rescue mission ministry and that's a beautiful thing yeah you see somebody come from that, that low to all, you know all at once be the very person who's you know running down to the gates of hell and dragging people out yeah. you know? that's a beautiful thing yeah so is it free for people to come and and, and is there like a waiting list like if any of my listeners like if they know someone that needs to be connected to, you know, the women's center. I mostly have female listeners, but what, what is the process like? Do they just go to the website? Is there a waiting list? Um, yes. Um, yeah. They can find information at, at, at warriorscenter.org. That's warriors with an S center.org. Mm -hmm. It gives you uh, information about our, our, our program and locations. Um, there is, you know, we have five campuses. We have, um, a campus in Memphis, Tennessee, women's campus, Olive Branch, Mississippi, that, that you volunteer at. We have mm -hmm. a, a men's campus in Bolivar, Tennessee, a women's campus in Hardeman County, Tennessee. And we just, in the last year, opened up a center in, in Arkansas, in, in West Helena, Arkansas. And so we have the five campuses. Uh, we can usually, when people need help, there is no charge. I mean, we're, we're, it's a, it's a one year long-term program and, and they have to be willing to at least try to commit to that and, and, and do their best. Uh, and to, you know, and, and willing to do something long-term and, and, and make that sacrifice. But if they're willing to do that, you know, there, there is no charge. Once they get into the later stages of the program, they do work with us and work in us. And we do, uh, um, um, you know, some different things, event staffing and, mm -hmm. and we have our women, each of our women's centers have thrift stores and they're able to work, work and help there more and more as they go, uh, go yeah. along the program. And so they're helping to, you would say, working and helping to pay for their bed, but it allows us to, to help people who don't have insurance, don't have money. And, right. and, and, uh, so that there, there, there is no charge as far as waiting lists. There are times when there are waiting lists, but you know, we have, 
just just on the, the the women's side, you know, we have over eighty beds. So right. one of our, you know, if one place is full at the moment, sometimes we may have a bed in in one of our other women's campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody is they want to go to, you know, uh, like the Olive Branch campus, you know, and they, they want to stay there and because and their family's near here or something, then uh, yeah, usually we, if there is, if they are full, if all 44 beds are full, uh, then, in, you know, you, you, you're able to get somebody in within a couple of weeks. What we're looking for, like, well, you know, like, like I said, we reach out to men, women, veterans battling addiction, battling homelessness. Uh, you know, we, we even have some people, you know, who, who don't even have drug problems. They just, they, they, you know, they need other care. There are traumas. Yeah. I met do, some of those girls. <laughs> we do deal with co-occurring conditions yeah. and some are, some people have mental health issues mm-hmm. and, and drug addictions, but we, we have, we're there. Um, and, and it's not a lot of hoops to, to, to get through. We can mm-hmm. accept men and women over the phone. So if your listeners knew of, of, of a man or woman, I, you know, and they got to be at least 18, um, who needed, needed help. Then we were able to speak with them on the phone, do an orientation, tell them about the program, how it works. Um, and, and if they're, they're, they're sincere and willing, then, then, you know, we, we, we get them in. Yes. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for um, speaking with me. Did you have any questions for me or anything? No, ma'am. I thank yeah. you for, thank yeah. you for having me and, on on your podcast and highlighting the work of the warrior center yes 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 and if uh donations other than monetary like is something that like your women's center specifically would need would it be i'm assuming like toiletry type items for the there or do you know anything else that they might need i know some places need socks yes yes uh yeah the on the of course yeah on the on the website people Mm -hmm. can, can can give but as far as um those kind of items, a lot of, a lot of the, the, the group church groups, women's groups, that sort of thing, like at the women's center, they'll mm-hmm. do pack, uh, you know, toiletry packages, you know, for yeah. the new ladies who are coming, coming off the streets or coming in the program. And that could be toothpaste, toothbrush, shampoo, mm-hmm. you know, and so some of those kits are, 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 are very nice okay. uh, for, for those, any, you know, um, you know, also in, in the, in the Memphis area or connections to the Memphis area, we do have two thrift stores and we take donations and great thing about that. Our stores are, are, are ran by, by our, our ladies, our, our staff and, and some of the ladies. So, so the costs are low and, and uh, like 95% of the money, you know, uh, from the sales, once you pay the rent and stuff goes back into the center. And so those are great, you know, fundraisers for yeah. them, help us so, to pay for those beds. I'll stop there on the way home for my next visit. <laughs> Yeah, let, let, yeah. Let, 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 love to have you. Yeah. All righty. Well, you have a wonderful day, and I will um, share the link with you once this gets posted at midnight tonight. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for Thank having you, me. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. All right, bye.